The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The savings rock when you find a new way to roll. Like sharing the ride to work. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others who live and work near you. It's easy and free. Plus, you can get cash and other rewards for carpooling, up to $600 a year. Get rolling on a new way to work with Rideshare. Register today at commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. That's commuterconnections.org. Some restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the LPN Show. Recorded both in Los Angeles and New York City. We're just, you know, here to hang out. Have a good time. All right. I'll talk to y'all after a while. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here. Welcome to the LPN Show. I'm honored to have Chrissy D, Chrissy Destefano, Destefano, size 38 waist, history hyenas, you name it, Chris has done it. Friends to Bobby Pets, what a guy. Thank you so much for being on the show, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. Bobby Pets was uh, one of the guys who he almost was let out of prison because of the coronavirus, but he didn't make the cut. Why not? I don't know, man. He just they didn't let him out. So he's still locked up. But what can you do? I don't know, man. You have to fake the cough a little bit more. You have to sell it. Yeah. These prison guards, see, everyone talks about producers and directors they can spot a good actor there is no one else that can spot an actor better than a corrections officer those people know how to tell if you are bullshitting them they and sometimes they'll just let you bullshit them and go along with it but for the most part they know exactly what your intentions are and the motivation is for the scene more than you do yeah 100 percent. i mean the one i had a my uh in fourth grade my basketball coach was a corrections officer. Shout out Billy Beisendorfer, if he's still alive. That's his, that's his name. Beisendorfer? Beisendorfer. He was a corrections <laughs> officer at Rikers Island. And dude, I mean, that guy could spot bullshit from a mile away. I mean, and he used to scream at us. There are times he brought the, the nightstick baton to practice. And we were, you know, I was nine years old. But, you know. I just want to shout out Billy Beisdorfer. Hell yeah, man. For those that don't know, Chris hosts a great show with Giannis Pappas. It's called History Hyenas. I had the uh, the fortune to uh, to perform on that show to talk to you guys. Your show is doing great. I know we got to talk about your Patreon because your Patreon is going crazy. People are throwing money at you like you know how to work a poll better than anyone I've ever seen in my life. You're doing a wonderful job. What's the Patreon so people can get it? Okay, thank you, man. It's Patreon com slash Bay Ridge Boys. Um, we've been working at it every day. We're actually doing it every day. We put content there. We have a morning show called WEPA in the morning nice. um, where we wake up every morning, 9 a.m. Eastern time. We give you the news of the day in a Bay Ridge Boys fashion. Thank you, baby. In a Bay Ridge Boys fashion. Uh, and it's wild. So, yeah, Patreon.com slash Bay Ridge Boys. I'm just happy to see you, though, Benny. You, by the way, you, you look you look fucking fit. Quarantine no. is doing is doing a body good. No, it is not, dude. I had two pounds of cream cheese this past weekend. 
uh, I am not, I'm emotionally eating as I always do. I'm the only person to gain 20 pounds on Wellbutrin. My doctor promised me I was going to lose weight. And every time I speak with him once a month, if I can make it, otherwise he gets real mad at me, even though I'm paying him, he'll get very upset if I don't see my therapist. I, he said I'm the only person he's ever seen put on weight while getting on Wellbutrin. And I told him that is how strong my emotions are. That's why I'm on this damn drug. What an asshole. Who, I can't believe a doctor would say that to you. I just want to say that I think you look great, okay? Listen, I'm a guy. I got big hips, size 38 waist. Yep. What size are you? Are you size 38 as well? I'm a 38 stretchy, though. I go Old Navy. Old Navy is made for fat people. It makes us feel really good. It's like when you get on a – it's like when you go to Applebee's and you know the seats are larger than when you go to your uh, farm-to-table place. The farm-to-table place treats you like you're a normal-sized human being. Applebee's knows you're going to be fatter, so they make a bigger seat. So you sit down and you feel thin. It gives you confidence. And it's all about – the framing. You know, I wouldn't right. feel so freaking big, six foot seven, three hundred and thirty pounds, if we lived in a world that just had bigger freaking buildings. Yeah, that's yeah, we need bigger buildings. Wow, six seven, three thirty. Hello. Hello. That's a, that's a nice hot height and weight. Yeah, you know what it is, it's something. man. It, with me, you know, the the thing is though, see, here's what I say. I'd rather be all the way fat or all the way skinny. I'm an in-betweener. And I think I fool people because, uh, you know, people think that I'm going to be in better shape than I am. Right. But I want the casting director told me I am actually almost went home and killed myself. But it was a funny thing that he sure. said, he goes, you know, what your problem is, Chris, you got leading man face, best friend body. <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I'll steal your girlfriend. Cack. Cack. Yeah. So, you know, but listen, man, quarantine. Yeah. So far, I mean, you know, it's been. I, I didn't realize how much I walked, like even just walking to sets, walking yep. to the airports, walking on the train. I mean, yep. my steps are way, way down. Absolutely, dude. Of course they are. You're not legally allowed to move. It's a damn nightmare, but we're getting through it. It's all good. So I, I obviously our audience can hear this beautiful young girl screaming in the background. He does not. I know our last podcast on the left audience is like, is he harboring kids? Is this part of Pizzagate? What's going on with Chris DeStefano? <laughs> does he, is he the one feeding all the children to the New York producer scene in the commercial world? World because yeah. that's how low level all of us are. We're just trying to get into commercials. That is your wonderful daughter, Delilah. And I yes. remember we were hanging out many years ago now. It, it, every time it's so cliche, but it really does feel like yesterday. Um, yeah. We were hanging out in the backyard of the creek in the cave, uh, which was a great comedy venue at the time. And you you told me that you got this chick pregnant. And I was like, all right. And then the follow up was a real stunner. You said you were super excited to be a dad. Yeah. How's it been going, dude? Dude, it's been fantastic. She's five years old now already. Her birthday Damn. was actually yesterday. Yep. She just turned five. Yeah, she just turned five years today. And uh, it's been honestly, man, the best five years of my life. It, it started out, you know, yeah, there was a lot of uncertainty at that time, but it's been nothing but great, great times. I would encourage anyone who's, you know, feeling depressed and in their life and, and, <laughs> and not really thinking that, you know, yeah. not really uh, uh, having a good time with what they're doing. Absolutely have a child. Whether You think what, that's good? You think that's good advice, Chris? I think that's good advice. Whether you know the woman or not, just have a child. <laughs> just, you know, let it rip because it's literally been the best five years of my life. 
And uh, yeah, my kid's chewing on the coffee table right now. Dude, that is very fun. I just got the two dogs now and fostering one named Jerry. And obviously I have Puffin, uh, my boy. It, the clo- it's the closest thing I think I could ever handle to parenting. Because if they piss in the house, it's okay. You just clean it up. If you don't take them out, no one's going to come and arrest you. Right. It's got to be tricky knowing that if that person dies... You're speaking of corrections officers. You better get ready to do the soft shoe in front of them because you're going to go to prison. You're going to go to prison. Yeah, she is 100 percent my responsibility. I mean, and it's, you know, when I first when she was very, very young, you know, very nervous father, you know, anything that she ate, even if she ate a little bit too much of a certain food, if I gave her, you know, some motion, if I gave her just a dab too much, I would call poison control. And I didn't know. I didn't know that they, they track you. So after like the fifth time I called poison control, they were like, you know, I got flagged. What? And I was like, yeah, yeah, because they're like, what are you, are you like abusing your kid or something? But I was like, no, I'm just, a, I'm just a nervous dad. They were like, are you Jewish? I was like, no, I'm not. I'm just, I'm fucking Chrissy Meatball tits. I'm an Italian <laughs> kid from Brooklyn, but I'm just, but I'm just nervous. And so now, so that's another, that's another uh, piece of info. Uh, to any new parent out there, don't call poison control because you can get arrested. Dude, that is completely counterintuitive. I thought you were supposed to call them and trust them. It's a snitch. It's a snitch line, I guess. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Fucking Mayor de Blasio running another snitch line. Oh, he's ridiculous. He's done a horrible. Uh, he's done a horrible thing. Mayor de Blasio, for those that don't know, he's one of the worst mayors in New York. If certainly the worst mayor in New York, he's one of the worst mayors in the country. He ran for president. He got zero in the polls, which is worse than what I did. I got 1.8% when I ran for Brooklyn Borough president. And by the way, Chris, I have a small uh, anger issue with you. You had Eric Adams, who is the Brooklyn Borough president on History Hyenas. Again, check out History Hyenas with Chris and Giannis Pappas. They're both wonderful. And you didn't even talk about me to Eric Adams, who is... Quite frankly, he's another scam politician out there. You've you fully throated, you have full throated support for him. I can't believe you didn't mention my name when you were talking with Eric Adams, the guy who, yes, he got 97.2% of the vote. But you know what? He was scared of me, and I know he was. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, if I would have known that, I wish I would have known that because I would have went on there. I would have went on there and said, told him the truth that I, I in fact, voted for Ben Kissel. I mean, he's a big-time Democrat, and at the end of the uh, podcast, I yelled Trump 2020 uh, just to throw it in his face a little bit. And um, <laughs> and uh, if I would have known, if I would have known, man, that, that you ran against him, I would have 100 percent said something. He's actually a really cool guy. He no, would, he's nice. I mean, he's the this, this sitting uh, Brooklyn Borough president, and he was doing – the podcast from a mattress he brought into his office. He's been sleeping in his office since the pandemic started. Well, I have no idea why, but that's all good for him. And I know, (laughs) you know, that's the one thing everyone says, oh my God, Chris from Brooklyn, I can't believe he would be a Trumper. And it's half in jest, half serious. I have no freaking idea. But the thing that people don't know about Brooklyn is Bay Ridge is the most conservative area in the country. It is insane. When I was out there, you Italians, man, when you talk about... When you talk about the dream group of people for way out there wackadoo Republican conservatives, you are the dream for them. You people are crazy. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm just fucking around. I actually didn't vote for Trump, and I don't know what I'll do in this election, but I did not vote for him the last time. It's just fun to yell Trump 2020, just, you know, especially <laughs> in the podcasting world. But what I will say is you're 100% right with Bay Ridge. When Trump, this is a fact, when Trump won the election in November, I was, well, you know, I was living you know, here in Bay Ridge at one of the bakeries on Third Avenue the next day when the country was in mourning, like it felt like 9-11 to, you know, if you went to the West Village, it was like 9-11 the next day. People were so upset. 
at the bakery on Third Avenue in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, they were giving out free black and white cookies to celebrate his victory. See, there you go. There you go. Brooklyn is they a diverse him. area. It's a diverse borough in every sense of the word. Um, but yeah. anyway, it doesn't matter. So, Chris, you got your special out there, 38 Waste. The 38, with this is my only, I also have to pick this with you. You're talking on stage. You're talking how you were a 38-32. I'm a 38-34. And okay. I feel like, uh, I, I'm a Midwest guy. I feel like the 38 waist, you're right in the pocket. That is a, you're a, per, I don't understand, you know, talking about best friend body, uh, you know, boyfriend face and wife stealing cack. Yeah. I didn't understand that when I got out here, that actors, you have to be fat like John Panette. Right. Uh, or you have to be thin, you know, like every other actor. Like, I'm trying to think of the thinnest actor I can think of, Christian Bale. You have to be Christian yeah. Bale thin from The Machinist. Those are the only two options. And it is very difficult for guys like us, uh, for like guys like us, because I went to an audition and I'm with a bunch of beefcakes because the agent at the time who was just... I don't even know why I signed with him. I, he was just Jewish. And I was like, we've got to go with him. I'm in entertainment <laughs> yeah. now. And he sent me out to an audition where I was supposed to be what I didn't realize was an athlete. And so I show up and it's huge dudes, just jacked, Batista, WWE sized. And we go into the audition all together and I'm like, okay, am I supposed to be like the comic relief? Right. No, I was supposed to be a hunk like them. And so the, the main, and there was a panel of about eight people, most of them chicks. And uh, they say, okay, guys, great. Thanks for coming in. Take off your shirts and turn around for us. I have a body that is, you know, what people don't understand about the French candle from Beauty and the Beast. If you can't sing, you are just melting. Right. It, it, it's not, you're not attractive. No one wants you around. It's confusing. It's like, what, why is this? What, is it hot in the winter time? Why is the snow melting? And so I take my shirt off and I turn around. And because it was so uncomfortable, they just applauded for me and congratulated me on losing so much weight. Here's what here's what I'll tell you. First of all, I want to tell you that you're 1000 percent that you're a Wisconsin 10, 100 percent you're a fucking hunk. And let me tell you the, the movie role that you're going to get. It's a guarantee. Do you know what movie you're going to be in? It's going to be a bar. It's going to be a bouncer no. or it's going to be like uh, I, I think I could be someone who sits across the desk from somebody and says, Ah, you're hired. No, here's what it is. When they finally that all those things are true. Yes, when they finally come out with the making a murderer movie, Brandon Dassey. That's you, Bubby. That's who you're gonna play. That kid has special needs. Uh, Benny, have you that's taken a look at yourself? That's the kid who literally had to get released from jail because he was too dumb. That's who ben, you, you want got two percent of the vote in the borough of Brooklyn. I got one point eight. That 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 requires a lot of intelligence to lose by that much because I lost Bay Ridge. Thank God. You want me to be Brendan Dassey, the guy who was too stupid to be locked up? Yeah, I think I'm just talking body types. You got a Brendan Dassey body type. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You got. You know what you got. You know what you got. Actually, you're Brendan. Da you got Brendan Dassey body. Stephen every face. That's who you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel I, I feel pretty. Thank you Dude, so much, Chris. I love that, man. You know what I got to say about you, Benny? You know what I got to say about you is I, you, me and Yannis were talking about you the other day. How I, well, I remember, dude, it's like you've tried with so many podcasts. I remember eight, nine years ago at the Creek in the Cave, you, we trying to get a sports podcast off the ground yep. and then another podcast. And you just kept going and then absolutely knocked it out of the park with last podcast on the left. So you're one of those guys 
who, when people actually ask me about podcasting and all that, I always send them your way because I'm like, you know, Ben has been a guy. He's he's tried and failed with so many things, and then he just yep. hit an absolute homer, and he's living. I'm I'm sure you're living uh, your dream or pretty close to it well, by now. I mean, we have the entire network. We're still doing all the shows. We're adding shows like this one. Yeah, man, it's really cool, especially during these times where folks have it real hard, and you know. But you worked your ass off for it, is what I'm saying, and you yep. never gave up, which is is uh, God. You're a goddamn American, and I I wish I would have known because you would have got my vote against Eric Adams, even though I like him too, you would have gotten my vote. I thought you said you voted for me. Oh yeah, well, God I didn't. damn it. All right, this is the ben, problem. This is why I can't. you can't trust anyone. I can't even imagine the amount of people that lied to me and told me that they voted for me. People are scumbags when it comes to that, but it doesn't matter. Then I'm a felon. It's a the legends are true. The overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Mom, I got the job in Manhattan. Do you have a warm enough winter coat? What about your car? I'm selling it with Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. How? I enter my license plate number, miles, condition, upload photos, and boom! An official cash offer from a local dealership. A cash offer instantly? Oh, did you call Aunt Stella? She's right there in Massachusetts. Mom, I literally just got the job. Not everything is as simple as selling your car with Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. Price it, fix it, trade it, sell it, kbb.com it. Speaking of documentaries, obviously making a murder, that was big. The Joe Exotic documentary was big. But I have been dying to talk to you about The Last Dance because you're one of the few dudes that I know that actually loves sports as much as I do. Yeah. What did you think, dude? Because it has been a crazy, uh, it's been a crazy time with with Jordan coming back. I mean, everyone is going Jordan crazy again. Right. And a lot of people are pissed that we're in the documentary saying that Jordan kind of threw him under the bus, specifically Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen. But I don't know. I mean, I'm sort of of the mind where it's like Michael Jordan, he, without Jordan, none of this is ever going to get released. None of this footage will ever be seen. So if you're MJ and you know, you have the key, the final edit, what are you going to do? Human nature is just going to make you want to make yourself look the best. But what did you think about that 10-part series? Because I thought The Last Dance was brilliant. I thought it was, to, to me, the, the best thing ESPN's ever put out. I think that w- that was the best sports documentary um, I've ever seen. Getting Being able to relit, I'll say this. It was almost like, and it's it's insane, but it would almost make me upset in a way about my career, even though I'm very happy with what I'm doing and I'm trying to work as hard as I can. Because I was like, no matter what I do in comedy, I'll never be, my life will never be as cool as what Michael Jordan got to do. And it was interesting because I'm watching the first two or three episodes and I'm saying, this guy's, what an amazing life. What an amazing life. And then it was episode four-ish where I was like, I bet you he doesn't love every moment of this. And then there was an episode where where he was like, hey man, you can be Michael Jordan for an hour, you can be Michael Jordan for a day. But nobody wanted to be Michael Jordan for a year. And yep. I was like, wow. You'd like no to see the behind the scenes, like to see, like, because you know, it was such a shock when he just retired out of nowhere. But then you saw the mental exhaustion, the constant dealing with the media, the constant yep. pressure to be the best. I was like, you know, being a little kid, I was just like, oh, he quit. F him. And then and then and then you see the man, 
you become an adult and you see, man, who would want to be who would want to be in his shoes? Right now, I will say this. I will say this. I think it's what we all knew. Kind of seeing what a true maniac sociopath he was. I think it requires that. Like, you're not going to be a champion and also be a nice guy. That's not how it works. You know, it's like because you have to be sociopathic and just push people to limits that they could never get to. And that's the only way you get that. get to do that is by being kind of nuts. But can you imagine? Can you imagine if Mike and this was I'd never even heard anyone talk about this on all the sports shows and everything like that. Michael Jordan in this day and age would be a totally different person. Like, how so? What do you mean? How would he even, what would his Twitter look like? What would Michael Jordan's Instagram look like? What would all the coverage of him? I mean, he had about as much exposure that was technologically possible at the time. Right. Now, it would have been all-encompassing, not just on his performance outside of the hotel room. Now, people want to know everything about you. Yeah. And And he got some flack for being... Like you said, aloof, a bit of an asshole. Um, but nowadays, I wonder if he wouldn't have just been straight kneecapped by right. the NBA. David Stern is the best commissioner, followed by Adam Silver, in all sports ever. I love Silver, and I love David Stern. Those guys Agreed. are incredible. That's why the NBA is what it is. But it, can you imagine? LeBron James does nothing wrong. Right. Nothing wrong. The dude has a high school. LeBron James has done nothing. The The biggest controversy is a smart decision to go to Miami as opposed to Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? I think Jordan would have gotten kneecapped and I think the media would have been there would have been so much pressure on him. I don't think they would have let him thrive in the way that the 90s was able to let him thrive. I also think knowing the competitor Jordan is and, and how when you see behind the scenes, how angry he would be how he was able to kind of concoct this motivation out of nowhere, like make up stories about, you know, players uh, sliding him or whatever. And I think that that would have probably spilled over into Twitter, Instagram, and those little behind the scenes would have been in front of us all. And I think you're right. I think that would have, that would have certainly dictated shoe deals and how the public viewed him. I mean, dude, you know, like, they, they, you know, when, when he calls, when he calls Muggsy Bogues a fucking midget, you know, when Muggsy <laughs> right. Bogues says, hey, Muggsy Bogues said to me, yeah, Michael Jordan used to call me a fucking midget. It's like he would he would have tweeted that out exactly. in 2020 and exactly. would have gotten a lot of trouble from, from the little people communities. I mean, just from everybody, just from, from everyone, everybody. you know, because it's never the community that's being targeted. It's all the other people around that want yeah. to, uh, you know, support that yeah. community, whatever. And there's a lot of good things that can happen from that. And then there's a lot of, you know, bullying that can happen from that as well. But that was the thing that I kind of took away. Jordan, I mean, obviously, I'm a huge Knicks fan. I believe you're Knicks as well. Knicks, and that's why those episodes, I think it was five and six, those yeah. were tough to watch. Those were tough to watch. Still upsetting. I firmly believe that, you know, the Knicks were an amazing team, probably one of the best teams of all time to never get a ring, to never get a chip. They deserved it. Really unfortunate. But I cannot even imagine what that whole world would look like in today's NBA, first of all, Scottie Pippen would not have one of the worst contracts I have ever seen in my entire life. And that was one of the people who was kind of pissed off about the documentary because they made him look a little bit selfish. And this guy is playing. It's not peanuts. It's $18 million over seven years. But you break that out. So it's $9 million over seven years because you have taxes. And then you have every other expense. And then you're the second best player on the greatest team in the history of the NBA. I'm surprised Scotty wasn't more upset. But I wonder, the inverse of what we were just talking about, if we were in this era now, 
Scottie Pippen wouldn't have gotten a better deal. Just with all of the people on social media that would have been like, screw you, uh, Reinsdorf, screw you, Kraus, give this guy what he deserves. Yeah, I think I think no, there's no chance in hell if the 2020 dynamic, Scottie Pippen would have such a shit deal, because you're right, because the whole country would rally yep. behind him and everybody would be in everybody's ear. But I felt the exact same way. I said, anybody that's saying anything negative about Scottie Pippen or even Michael Jordan insinuating that – you know, he didn't, he didn't, you know, he had a migraine and, and didn't come off the bench in a game that Jordan wasn't even playing. I'm like, dude, this guy was playing as hard as he could for you making, I mean, there were people on the Chicago, like the Chicago Bulls general manager and some of the fucking, you know, people behind the scenes, some of the, like the, the PR people were making more yep. money than Scottie Pippen. And, you know, I felt that. And the other thing, the Horace Grant, I knew that eventually, as soon as he, as soon as he said Horace Grant, leak some stuff to that book i was oh, like yeah. there's no way horace grant is going to uh is going to go quiet into night about that because i mean horace grant by the way i met horace grant once yeah nicest guy i've ever met in my life truly like as far as an athlete goes nicest guy i met him randomly in la he he travels with his goggles so i met him <laughs> we started talking and then he took his god i swear to god he took his goggles out of his bag and i have a picture with Horace Grant's goggles on. That is incredible. Yeah. That yeah. is absolutely incredible. And he told me they never fog up. That was, he, he kept telling me, I was like, these things never fog up, baby. I was like, well, all right, Horace, whatever you say, buddy. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they, they don't definitely fog up, don't said. fog up. They definitely don't fog up. Yeah. It's been the only good thing about these past two and a half months has been that documentary. And I just yeah. feel like everyone's fallen back in love with the 90s, play, uh, 90s version of basketball. I love basketball still. I love what it is now. These people are insane. I do wonder, who do you think would have been the best player to play now? My, This is my thought. I think Akeem Olajuwon, obviously he got two, but I think Akeem Olajuwon in today's NBA would be Giannis. I think he would be Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think he would have been able to bring the ball up because he could straight up shoot. I think that Akeem right. Olajuwon probably would have been even more transcendent of a player today than he was in the nineties. I, I, I agree. And it's like, and but I also don't think that Shaq would play at all. Like I think Shaq in today's NBA would be huffing it up and down the court. Right. And it would be much more difficult for him. And same thing with Ewing. Yeah. Say, I, I think for, for sure. Hakeem was always the best out of that punch second in Jordan. I mean, he's the only one that got two titles in that, in that, you know, those 10 years. I do think that, somebody who would thrive in today's NBA just because of pure athleticism and somebody who gets overlooked all the time. If it wasn't for Jordan, I think we may be talking about him as one of the greatest players. And it might be a little controversial, but Clyde Drexler was so amazing on those trailblazers that it's like, it's, it's literally any other decade. Drexler gets two, maybe three rings, man. Yes. Yeah, some that's people tough. don't want to agree. I'm not sure. I like Clyde. Clyde I so athletic. He was so athletic. If you did have the the defense, the non-defense defense that we play today, maybe. Yeah, all right. I could give you that. I just always felt that Clyde. Is a, that is tough. I also think that Clyde had the advantage of being a huge fish in a very, very small pond. Yeah. I love Portland. Portland is actually – the Trailblazers are low-key one of my favorite franchises of all time. Oh, yeah. Damian Lillard is incredible. They always seem to have a player – that is loved by the city and that they love the city back. Oh, yeah. No, I uh, and, and great uniforms, Rip City, the best. Uh, hold on. Delilah, 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 talk well. Sorry. I mean, my kid's watch. She's out. She's yelling at the – she she literally sits by that window 
and yells at the neighbors like my 90-year-old grandmother. Well, you trained her well. Yeah, tra- yeah she bites. But I, uh, yeah, man, and you know, it's what Reggie Miller too. The 90, mid-90s Knicks, I, I, uh, it's always tough spot for me because yep. I, I don't know if I ever told you this. My pa- you know, my parents got divorced when I was when I was like a one years old. Uh-huh. And my you, dad did it, was it your fault, do you think? I think so. Yeah. I think it was probably my fault. I was a shitty little baby, man. I I that my father says as soon as he picked me up, like the first moment that he picks me up, I peed on his chin. Were you a- so just immediately <laughs> <laughs> Were you a band yeah. were you a bandage baby? Were you a baby that they got to keep the relationship together? Oh no, not that. <laughs> 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 were they were you, were you gonna be the savior of their relationship and then you pissed on your dad's chin probably all went south yeah because my dad gambled dude my dad was a big time gambler i mean my dad put you gotta understand what a psycho my dad was in like 1986 87 my dad gambled my family's entire life savings on the montreal expos it's like <laughs> what you know like what the fuck are you doing you know <laughs> that's a horrible choice you can never bet on canadians i love canadians but you don't bet on the canadians yeah you don't bet on the canadians so like he would do things like that where you're like it's so hilarious looking back now because everything's okay but i mean it was a nightmare for my mom i mean my mom like guys would call looking you know my dad owed gambling debts guys would call at three o'clock in the morning my mother my mother took me to the amish country for like six months we were hiding out in the amish country like <laughs> fucking witness it was, it was it was wild and then and then uh but the, the mid-90s pacers always bring up bad memories because there was like about a six month span where my in the mid nineties where my mom and dad tried to make it work again. They just tried to make it work again. And there was like a week where my mom actually let my dad back in the house to sleep over wow. and try to rekindle the whole thing. Dad's fucking back, baby. It's the playoffs. Okay. Nick's Pacers. I don't know if you remember. Of course. Patrick Ewing missing that finger roll. It was so sad. It was Wait, one of those. could have dunked. Yeah, it's so sad. Could have dunked. Missed it off the backstop, off the back of the rim. My dad, because my mom had a shelf in the living room with all my, you know, trophies and pictures on that. My dad takes a participation trophy, not even most, not even most valuable player trophy, just a participation bullshit trophy and takes it and throws it right through her TV. Because and then yells, God damn it. Why don't you fucking dunk it at to Patrick Ewing? Honestly, your father was right not to take the participation trophy and throw it to the TV. But everyone already thought Ewing was soft. Yeah. Even though he was not Ewing, he was only soft because he had some of the most badass teammates in one of the most badass eras in professional basketball. Right. But man, if you would have just dunked that ball. His entire legacy changes. If he would have just dunked that ball, my entire life would have changed. I mean, he threw it through. My father threw that trophy through the TV, set the TV on fire, got thrown out, was told to pack up his shit immediately. He never came back to my mother's house ever again in my life. Wow. That's it. I lost my dad because of Patty Ewing did a dunk it. He's got to dunk the ball. Honestly, I understand. He, lives. He, he has got to dunk that ball. He didn't realize what he was doing to the Chrissy D household. Was your mom super hot? I, yeah, she was super hot, and also she was super young when she was. I think she she had me when she was twenty one years old. Oh wow! And my dad, uh, my dad was a little bit older. They met at a walkathon. My dad, I, I did I ever tell you the story how they met? No. Okay, so my mom was walking in a, in a walkathon, um, just because she's a great person. My mother and my dad. I mean, was not doing that great. Pu- it wasn't a marathon. That's the true. walkathon is the that's the laziest way to ever raise money for anything. Oh well, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, okay, fine, fair enough. I will give you that. But you know what? In her in her defense, she has rheumatoid arthritis, which okay. really sucks. All right. So she has she has knee she has knee pain. 
But my she met my dad. My dad was doing community service on the side of the walkathon. He had just gotten out of prison and he was doing <laughs> like a, and he was picking up garbage, flirting with my mother. And uh, she wanted to have like a fling, you know, with a bad boy. And uh, and they got together and then they had me. And I mean, dude, some of the stories that I have heard as I've gotten older, especially when I started to get into comedy from my mom, were like, well, how could you not tell me this? Like my mom goes, just as candid as you could be, as as uh, uh, casual as you could be. Right. We're sitting down. This is maybe three years ago. We're sitting down and we're watching TV. My daughter's just about to take a nap. And she goes, how's comedy going? Everything I got. I go, good. She goes, you could put this in one of your skits. She goes, did I ever tell you about the time your dad almost beat up Dan Aykroyd? I said, what? <laughs> she goes, yeah, I never told you about that. I said, no, mom, you never told me that. She goes, oh, my God. She goes, yeah. She goes, I was eight, eight months pregnant with you. She goes, your dad all of a sudden says, I want to go to Central Park. I want to have a picnic. She said, OK, you know, I mean, this guy, you know, he's a, he's a, he's like a a real tough Italian guy. He wants to have a picnic. He wants to relive the good old days of when he had to go pick up trash in Central Park. He wanted to remember what it was like. Yeah, he wanted to. So, so he sits down. He wants to have a picnic and uh, takes her to Central Park. And again, my mom is young and pretty and they're laying on a, on a blanket. I was born in August. So this is July, must, hot summer day. They're laying under a blanket and uh, my dad's got to go up and take a, a take a piss. So my mom's like, oh, well, you know, we must leave. You know, I guess we have to leave. I mean, it's a Saturday afternoon packed. My dad gets up and starts peeing behind a tree just in public, starts peeing <laughs> behind a tree. And my mother's laying down and she's got the blanket over her stomach. So you can't really tell she's pregnant. And Dan Aykroyd comes rollerblading by <laughs> at the time. <laughs> He's roller roller oh skating my. by. And stops and is, you know, bringing up conversation with my mom, doesn't realize she's pregnant. And my dad, with that, sees it, picks up a branch and chases Dan Aykroyd down some path. And he skates away. And my dad was swinging a tree branch at Dan Aykroyd. And they weren't sure that they were like, is that really Dan Aykroyd? And then my mom swears 100 percent that was Dan Aykroyd. And I'm like, yeah, mom, why are you telling me that 10 years into my comedy career? You could have told <laughs> You could have told me that eight years ago and I could have fucking got on SNL or something. Dan Aykroyd could have killed you, man. You could have been killed by rollerblades worn by Dan Aykroyd. Right. That would have, that's a better story than your whole life. So that would be good. hundred percent. Oh yeah, dude. I haven't done, my life stinks. I mean, yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, dude, my, I, I only, I only have, I've even never gotten booked at venues and get specials because of the stories I tell about my dad, but my life. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Right. Fuck me. Right. What do you what do you thinking, man? As far as comedy, I hate talking about comedy. It's my least favorite conversation. But you're you know you're you're doing so much with stand up and stuff. How much have you missed the crowd, dude? Because that's been it for me. You know, it's been these past few months. The the it, it sounds so corny and it sounds so lame, but. Without the crowd, who are we? Thank God we get to do things like this. We get to talk to each other. We get to talk to our audience with the podcast. But there's something about being in front of a crowd, getting that instant reaction, seeing the smiles on the face, and then just touching them afterwards, man. Just being like, hey, man, thank you so much yeah. for coming out, giving you a hug. I'm sure you have fans who cry when they see you because you help them through 
chemo or whatever it is, whatever they're going through, you don't realize that you're helping someone with our stupid jokes uh, and our dumb opinions and ideas and voices and faces and bodies. It's amazing when you get to help people. How have you been dealing with not being able to see folks face to face, not being able to grab a microphone and tell some jokes? It's been tough, but, you know, I think that's why I've done the podcast. I've just started doing my podcast every single day, me and Giannis. It's kind of like started. We started doing the podcast every day, I think, just for us where we're like, hey, you know what, man? Like, I miss you, dude. So, like, let's just do this podcast over Zoom and just do it. And then it started to become fun and some fans start to write on the Patreon wall or write on our iTunes reviews or whatever, start to say, hey, man, seeing you guys every day is helping me. So we said, you know what? Let's all do this together. And it's been fun. I have tried to do some Zoom stand-up shows. Oh, my God. What's the point? I did one. I'll I'll never do another one again. It just – I do worry, man, a little bit about – you know, when truly does stand-up comedy or, or a comedy, even live podcasting, when does that actually come back? I mean, I right. feel like that might be one of, obviously, a comedy club, a small space, not filtered air, people yelling and laughing, that's no good. But a big theater that was going to hold a 1,000 seats, if you only do 300 in there and have them spread out, that could work. Oh, but that then, could work, sure. But 300 people in a 1,000-person room sitting, you know, more than six feet apart as you know, the laughs don't carry its and holes the financial, in the audience. The financials of it won't work. Unless they, unless we'll, I could only do it if everyone drinks five times. If we say we'll get a cut of the bar, everyone has to drink five times as much as they would drink. And if you have them five times more hammered, but only 300 as opposed to 1,000, their guttural laughter and overall annoyance factor might be just large enough so we could even pretend it's a thousand people there it could be that's actually a very 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 good point and that's a lot of money though it's a lot of booze that they have to to intake but that's better at least they're getting something in their drinking that's better than i can't i'm never going to ask my fans to pay two three times a ticket price to come see me so it's like that's out of the question i wouldn't never raise it because that's what all the agents are asking they're saying oh this club's open you could still do the gig, Chris. If you want to get the same money, you're going to have to, you know, you could instead of a fifteen dollar ticket price, do a right. fifty dollar ticket price. I said no fucking way. But at, but the drinking that could be fun for everyone. That's I don't an know. actual great great idea. Well, you're the, you should be the borough president of Brooklyn. That's if I if you would have voted for me and gotten eight of your craziest friends to vote for me, I would have maybe gotten one point nine percent, and that would have been given me a mandate. That would have given Dude, me a I'm mandate. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, if my father would have known about this, he could have 100% pulled some Bosch tweed shit, and we would have had everybody (laughs) voting for you. (laughs) Well, it's a good thing I didn't win. I have a lot of stuff to do here, and then uh, with the with the with the network and uh, the entertainment industry. But then after that, who knows? But speaking of the entertainment industry, how do you how how have you seen all this stuff change lately? Because I remember I was with Three Arts at the time, which is a management company. They had like Louie, and um, there was a lot of shows that Three Arts produced, and I remember. sitting down with my manager at the time uh and i told him i was doing this podcast and he looked at me like i had like he probably looked at me accurately just as a huge (laughs) midwestern guy be like i'm doing a podcast being like who the hell are you get out of my office why are you here you're not gonna make us any money and then obviously you know cut to you know years later and he would love to have it he would love to hell yeah um hell fuck yeah but when it comes to when it comes to entertainment right now, I was thinking about this the other day too. Speaking of like Harvey Weinstein, right? Harvey Weinstein is in prison, and thank God, I I actually would love to see. I would I wish you could have a camera on the wall. I would love to see that fat fucking asshole just suffering. Yeah. I don't. I, I hate those people like him. 
Where do you think the industry is going now that the internet has democratized everything? The internet has made it so you guys, History Hyenas, what's the Patreon? Patreon.com slash Bay Ridge Boys. You guys are doing great on Patreon. You guys yes. are making a nice amount of money. You guys are able to do the show. Um, where do you, what, what changes have you seen? And like, where do you think we're going now that everything seems to be pushing more online as obviously this pandemic has shown? That's the only place that we're allowed to live. I think there's more autonomy, man. I think that the agents like the UTAs, the CAAs of the world, the WMEs, those big agencies, they're still important. They negotiate the, you know, the yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. deals Absolutely. for you and, you know, the, the, the big deal, uh, Rogan just time with Spotify, like Ooh. the agents help with that. Rogan came over. So we started that, you know, last podcast went I was gonna exclusive say, to yeah. Spotify. And then Rogan said, what are the cool guys doing? And then <laughs> yeah. he came over. What'd you yeah. know? He's a smart guy. Dude, you guys got 50 mil. He got a hundred. It's not, so, not too bad. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. wish. So, um, so I think really who's going to get it the worst in this situation and this may be a little inside comedy, but hopefully interesting for your fans. The managers, man. I, I yeah. don't think a manager serves a per. I mean, to give 10% to the manager, 10% to the agent, it's not going to happen anymore. It's like I'm seeing now how Giannis and I can just, and you to see it, of course, can just pr- hit record. The podcast is out. The fans are speaking. When, you, when you're on Patreon, it's like the fans are dictating my career. Right. They're saying – we like you. We don't like you. We're, we'll pay for it. We won't pay for it. There's no bullshit. There's no, oh, have this corporate thing. None of that. It's like the power is in the hands of the fans yep. more than any other time in history. And I think that that's a great, great thing. I I would imagine that eventually the industry is going to find a way to stop all this and get their hands in. They always do. But until right. then, I think, man, we can do as do what we want. We have the freedom and we can make real good money and get paid handsomely and not have to give a percentage of it away. Because in a way, it's like no, no disrespect to my manager at all or anybody's manager. I know but, I'm know, a manager too, but yeah. Yeah. I think the thing is you can do more without a manager now. And then when you actually have a manager, they can do something that is so good that it's worth paying them five to 10%. Right. You know, like you can get, because when we first started doing this, there was nothing. There was no, I mean, the internet, obviously it was around, but it was not what it is today. Smartphones didn't exist yet. No, nothing. So you kind of needed a, a manager as a gatekeeper. You, we kind of really had no choice, but to do them. And the agency still served the purpose. It's like, I'm not going to, you know, get booked in this theater or this comedy club without the agent. So I understand they get the 10%. It's like a finder's fee. They right. get it. I get that. But to give 10% to a, another company now to send me my schedule, it's like, I know I'm supposed to be in Indianapolis. I know where I'm supposed to be. And, and the, and the rest of the work, it's like, Hey man, like the, my agent gets me the auditions if I get them. And then anything else I'm creating off my own podcast or I'm writing and submitting. Yep. So I'm doing that stuff on my own. I can't keep giving especially when you become a father, like, you know, it's like, I, I got, I, I, you know, I can't just give money to people who not, I don't want to say they don't deserve it, but I can do their job. Well, and that's the other part, you know, going back to the last dance a little bit here, just for a second, Jerry Krause's ego was huge. I think Jerry Krause got dumped on a little bit too much in the last dance, just a touch, but still I, you can treat that guy like Biff from back to the future. He can drown in shit at the end of every single movie. I don't care, but the ego of the industry 
is huge. People always say, oh, the performers, they have to have such large egos. We're trying to entertain people. This is very humble. This is like right. the most, this is the most trying to make your friends laugh in the back of the room, trying to get them through the day along with yourself. This is actually a fairly humble living. It's the industry. They have the egos of someone who is a performer, but then they have nothing that actually helps. They don't do anything that actually helps the world. They don't do no. anything like Jerry Krause's entire ego was that he put some pieces together. Yeah. That's great. But at the same time, because his ego was so big, he also wanted to feel like a little God and tear it all apart. Yeah. It's like Jerry. Yeah. When he kept saying, Oh, you know, it's a franchise like Jerry. No, it's the players. It's the players. I, you made a couple of good jokes. Jerry, you, you, you look like the fucking basketball. So just shut up. <laughs> I totally agree. And that's the thing. It's like, that's one of my favorite outcomes or one of the better things sort of unintended consequence of the era that we're in now of you're right professional autonomy entertainer autonomy it destabilized the gatekeepers like harvey weinstein who had so much power he was allowed to be a serial rapist for 40 years yes yeah he was he was mentioned second only to god at the oscars it's brutal like that's how much bill cosby the same way that is what's so nuts to me and that's what's and even in our lives you know we see all these mini gatekeepers the people who are booking montreal comedy festival who treat you like garbage right. uh because they have the smallest amount of clout right and now they beg for someone to come you know yeah I, th that is a good unintended consequence of what the internet has done the democratization the democratization of entertainment because you know what dude and it's like that now you know what the most beautiful part is is like we can help each other now it's yeah. like the cop we we getting on a joe rogan or like you know a last podcast on the left it's like that was a, my i started selling tickets in my for the first time in my career when i started doing i got on the fighter and the kid podcast andrew schultz's podcast right. uh theo vaughn's podcast girls gotta eat i did these podcasts and then boom tickets moving and that right. was you know, no agent got that for me. Nobody got that for me. That was word of mouth. Meet these people at the club. Hey, come on my show. You know, you invite me on the show. But yes, that 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 is that really is the case. We are in charge of our own destiny, and that's what we've been preaching here at Last Podcast Network, man. You got to take. Uh, you are your own god. You know what I'm saying? And you can make your own thing happen. You can make it out of nothing. And as people are graduating, that's a very important thing to remember. The degree isn't going to make you. You're going to make yourself. The degree isn't going to hurt. It might get you in the door, but uh, once you're in there, you gotta, you just gotta make it yourself, you know. Absolutely, man. I want to go to Peru with you, man. I want to do fucking mushrooms. I want to do ayahuasca. I really want to get what ayahuasca. Yeah, I don't think I can take the public defecation. I've been thinking about ayahuasca, it, dude. Don't, but don't you shit immediately. This is the only. I think I'm too old. I'm 38. I've taken, I've taken hundred uh, mushrooms hundreds of times. Right. I feel like the thing with ayahuasca, I would end up vomiting and then you shit yourself. And then I, I feel like I would just be, I don't know. I, I would be concerned that I would constantly, I would be full of, uh, I'd be full of the dookie. I don't know what I would do. But Ben, Bubs, listen, I got a 38 waist. You got a 38 waist. Let's just be honest here. It's just me and you talking. We both, we both taken a couple of gambles and lost. We've sharded plenty of times. Sure. I mean, I've shit my pants. It's happened to me before. If it's going to happen again, what's one more time yeah. to get a psychedelic trip and really see what these fucking answers are, man? I want to <laughs> do it with you. <laughs> All right. It's a date, man. I love that idea. Let's do it. We'll Let's go to Peru it. or what I've heard the most, Dominican Republic. Apparently, the DR is like the most beautiful place on earth. We're not supposed to talk yeah. about it because if too many folks go there, it's all going to be ruined. But I but. can't. I, you know me with the Latinas. I can't do that. I cannot have another baby. I can't do I that. I know, man. 
You the, can, the, the though. Mini You're doing so well with Delilah. You, come on. Yeah. You can be... You can have a bunch, you know? I'll be the goddaughter of your... I'll be the godfather of your next daughter. Dude, you're in. I love it. Don't give it to Giannis. I think Giannis is the... Is Giannis the goddad of this one? Well, no, because he's got a kid on the way himself. And very strictly... My mother, uh, no... Uh, you have to be Roman Catholic. So, that, no, she will not accept a Greek Christian as a, god, <laughs> as a godfather. So, you got to be Roman Catholic specifically. Are you Roman Catholic? I am not. Oh, so you're out too then? No, I'm out. Ah, oh, damn. All right. Well, damn. it's weird what to uh, have the Godfather be someone you don't want around children, but that's okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Let me ask you this: If coronavirus, uh, if it starts to get really weird, who you guys, who's who are you going to eat first between you, Marcus, and Henry? Who's going to get eaten first? Oh uh, well, I mean, I'm the most amount of meat. Um, Marcus would be very chewy, but I think if you jerky him. No, it'll be too dry. Probably Henry. Henry or myself. Right. Yeah, we're the we're the beefier boys. I mean, technically, probably me. Right. Uh, for those two, those two dudes could live off of me for multiple months. I mean, they would they would be they would be upset if the restaurants opened if they had a chance to just consume my flesh all the time. Yeah, I feel like I yeah I'd have I'd I'd eat you for the main course and Henry and I'd eat for dessert. He kind of just he looks like kind of body you bite into it and I just like cream puff. It's like a cream. Mm. It just something something would explode. He would take. He's very tasty and sugary. Well, you're meaty and hearty. And I would like that. And then Marcus, I think Marcus, I would just keep as a sex slave. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Well, I would keep both you and Giannis as sex, sex slaves. Check out History Hyenas, everyone. I was on an episode. We talked about the Montreal Screwjob. You can find that on YouTube if you want to start there and just do a deep dive. They got they, they teach you a little bit, and uh, and you'll laugh a lot. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. We just do a little bit. Things you can regurgitate at a dinner party. Uh, we just did a wild episode about uh, Elagabalus. You ever heard of him, the Roman emperor? No. What was he all oh, about? God. He was fucking, I mean, made Nero look like a kindergarten teacher. I mean, he Didn't was... did Nero, like, kill everyone in Rome, and that was the whole damn thing? That was the whole point? That was the whole point, but Elagabalus was even sicker, man. Really? I mean, you know, yeah, he had, every, he had the standard stuff, banging his mother and his grandmother and all that <laughs> stuff, but then he would... The standard Roman stuff, but then he would, you know, make believe he was a... He would, you know, he's the emperor of Rome. He would go into brothels and kick the prostitutes out and he would he would become a prostitute oh, himself my. and he would go in there and yeah you would have sex with him then he would marry he would marry a man but uh -huh. he I'm sorry he would marry a woman but he would be the wife so he would he was transgender huh. and he would cross dress okay. yeah he circumcised him he circumcised himself in public one day on Christmas Ooh. just out of yeah out of control really uh the latest episode he did called uh, Roman Emperors are wild so we have a good time, man. I really appreciate you having me on, brother. Dude, I love it. Chris Destefano, everyone, check out his comedy special, 38 Waste. He's a beautiful man. History hyenas. Support their Patreon. Thank you all so much for listening to the LPN show, a show about, you know, nothing but just bullshit and kind of like Roundtable of Gentlemen. And if you have not heard Chris on Roundtable of Gentlemen, he was one of our all-time favorite guests. It just the stories are endless. So go check out those old episodes. And uh, thank you all so much for listening. Thanks so much for supporting everything we do. Last Podcast merch for all of our new merch. LastPodcastLive.com for our live show. And um, yeah, you know where to find us on Patreon and everything. All right, everyone. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to LastPodcastNetwork.com. The 
legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.